From NPR, it's From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. You just heard 14-year-old violinist Alba Gilabert-Reed performing Vittorio Monti's Chardash. I'm pianist Orly Shaham, and I joined her on the piano. I'm thrilled to be back again as guest host today for this truly uplifting program. Every time I have the honor and privilege to work with From the Top's young musicians, I always come away feeling more hopeful about our future. And listeners, I know you will too. But before we dive into our program, I and my friends at From the Top would like to dedicate this episode to Tim Banker, who is leaving the show after 22 years. His vision, tireless energy, and good humor have been a huge part of what has made From the Top such a brilliant and successful show. And his deep appreciation for the young musicians and their incredible hard work has made a lasting impact on so many people around the country. I hope you'll join me in celebrating Tim during this program. And what an episode we have for you. We'll hear from an 18-year-old flutist from Brownsville, Texas, whose motivation and self-directed learning is almost unheard of. And when he talks about the food from his hometown, you'll find your mouth watering. There's a most remarkable performance by an 11-year-old pianist that will bring you to your knees. And later in the program, stay tuned for a young harp player who also loves to draw and has a huge following on her very own YouTube channel. But first, let's turn our attention to the stunning Alba Gilabert-Reed, a 14-year-old violinist whose background spans two continents and cultures. She's as deep and thoughtful as this piece we heard her perform at the beginning of the program. We sat down after her performance and had a chance to talk about what matters to Alba. Thank you so much, Alba. Yeah, of that course. was so much fun playing with you. <laughs> I love your flexibility. I love your ability to kind of move around and move me around. Mm -hmm. It was really so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun to play with you as well. It is daunting to play something in a very different style than you've played before. And it sounds like challenges are not something that you shy away from. So uh, you like to take on new endeavors. Mm -hmm. You're not, you, you remain undaunted by things. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about some of your other um, interesting projects. Project Unmute. Yes. So Project Unmute was a study that I was a part of um, with the Pittsburgh University. And it consisted of a couple of young musicians like me creating these lesson plans for elderly people with early onset dementia. Mm -hmm. um, and in these lessons plans, we basically had to make them a very specific format um, for these people because in the Zoom meetings that we would have, because this was during COVID, unfortunately, right. we had to make sure we communicated very clearly certain things. So um, we taught them just the basics about music. I taught them about intervals. I taught them about just scales and harmonic and melodic notes. And it was just really gratifying the entire experience because I would base each of my lesson plans off of a song from the 80s. Uh -huh. um, and it was just really special just to see their faces light up and even seeing them on the Zoom call, like all of them had their cameras on and you could just see them smiling. And sometimes they would unmute just to ask for another piece. That um, is so lovely. Yeah. It sounds so rewarding and yeah. really meaningful for you. Mm -hmm. um, you found a way to really bring joy to exactly. people, even through a very difficult time in their lives in certain ways. Mm -hmm. That's very beautiful. So I know you're also passionate about justice and diversity, equity, inclusion. How are you involved in doing anti-racist work? 
So one of the most important things at my school, there's a diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice student-led leadership committee. Mm -hmm. um, and I was the head of that back in middle school. And um, one of the most important things we did was highlight certain holidays that people may not know about or haven't been very represented. Um, some of them are which like Yom Kippur, um, Rosh Hashanah, Ramadan. And then also during the summer, we don't take breaks. We also try to highlight Juneteenth, which has become a mm -hmm. more and more important holiday. Um, so, yeah. Super. How has your own unique background informed this work that you do? Well, my mom is originally from Spain, and she moved here for college. Um, and she met my dad here, who is black. And I've always had sort of conflicting identities, I guess. Mm -hmm. A lot of people always assume I'm Puerto Rican because I'm mm -hmm. light-skinned and I speak Spanish. Um, but I always have to tell them, no, I'm from Spain, and my dad's from here, from Dorchester. But I think, like, my identity, just as, like, a mixed female, I've been trying to tap in with each of those parts of me. And I feel like since I am so diverse as a person, I'm able to comfort people in their diversity as well. Um, and I feel like I can relate to other people sometimes in certain things that they talk to me about. So I think just being able to recognize within myself is like the first step and then bringing that diversity out into the world. And even with my music is really important. I think that's so great that you're taking on this leadership role for your peers. And I wish you Lots of luck in all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. 14-year-old Alba Gilabert reed from Quincy, Massachusetts. Alba's appearance is sponsored by an anonymous donor. You're listening to From the Top, and I'm Orly Shaham, pianist and host of today's program. I'm so excited to share this next young performer with the whole country. Remember his name. You heard him first on From the Top, since I'm quite sure you'll be hearing about him for years to come. Masanovu Piresh is an 11-year-old pianist from the town of Sharon, Massachusetts. He is just a lovely young man with so much passion and a deep love of classical music. Masa and I bonded over one of his favorite concerts back in 1986, when only one of the two of us was around, when Vladimir Horowitz returned to his homeland after 61 years and played in the Great Hall of the Tchaikovsky Conservatory in Moscow. You'll hear about that shortly. First, let me take you to the recording studio in Boston, where I met Masa and had the privilege to witness him play this gorgeous piece.
That was 11-year-old Masanobu Pires playing Glinka's The Lark. Masanobu's performance was sponsored by an anonymous donor. I'm Orly Shaham, pianist and host on From the Top this week. I sat down with Masa to share stories and bond over our love of piano and all things classical music. Masa, that is just glorious. I love your approach to the piano. I love how you separate out voices. You make the imagery so clear for us. And can I tell you one thing I love the most about your playing? I love how you listen to yourself. I can really hear that. Thank you. Thank you. I hear you're a bit of a classical music aficionado. What's your favorite time period to listen to? I would say maybe the Baroque or the Romantic period. And are there recordings from particular times that you like? Especially, yes. Uh, especially in the in the 20th century, especially Horowitz in Moscow. When he performed in Moscow yeah. after leaving his homeland for more than 50 years, and he comes back to Moscow, and there's so much people in the Great Hall at the Tchaikovsky Conservatory, mm-hmm. and especially his Tromerai. Like, people were just so... He pulled all the whole audience to the music and people were just crying and it was amazing. I, I think it could never happen anymore. Uh, you know, I, I it's hard to say what would happen now, but I remember that concert. I was about your age and I was sitting at home watching it on CBS as it was happening and it was stunning. I think half of America stopped yeah. to watch that concert and Goodness knows how much of the rest of the world, too. Very yeah. moving moment. Right. Oh, I'm so glad that the next generation's getting to partake of all that. Is it true that you refer to yourself as an old man in a young man's body, or did somebody else give you that distinction? I, I do re- refer to myself as that, um, <laughs> I, especially since my I love uh, old recordings and the uh, past pianists. So I, I guess, yeah, I, I like to research and kind of talk about it and um, learn more about the great era of pianists. That's so great. Well, hopefully that great era is continuing with you as one of its leaders. And maybe you can help change the notion that classical music is only for older people. You're you're 11 years old, right? Yes. What would you say to another 11-year-old out there listening right now who might be curious about playing the piano? Um, well, the piano is a great instrument. Um, it's very beautiful. Um, you get to play probably 10 notes at a time at the most. Um, but, but you could play so much harmony and different sounds. There's so many different songs to play on. Um, and it's a great instrument. Um, some, some things about learning the piano and playing the piano could be hard, especially moving your fingers so very fastly. But as if you practice and um, if you work hard on trying to achieve those skills, then you will. It, it, yeah, it, it does take a lot of time. Yeah. You might think you might not be able to do it, but you will. Yeah, and you're a wonderful advocate for it. I know you're you're sharing this with the world, and I think you have a lot of other interesting things to share with the world too, like what you learned from one of your other passions, reading town reports. First of all, tell us what is a town report, and then tell us what do you find so compelling about that? Uh, a town report is this report uh, of the whole year, um, and it's this whole report about um, the town 
and it's in what was operating in the town. So like utility stuff such as water and electricity, um, mm-hmm. and general stuff about maybe the wildlife in the town and like fire department, police department, school district, and many other things. It's, and also it talks about like budget stuff. So can you give me an example of something you learned about your town or maybe another town that you found particularly interesting, surprising? Um, for my town, the ambulance goes out um, in the whole year over 1,000 times. So that's like three times a day? About, yeah. I'm not, not exact, I'm not sure if it actually goes out three times a day, but definitely I always hear that ambulance is going out every week. So. so what did that make you think about your town? Um, well, at least, I, I guess, that even if it's a small town, I, there's a lot of people, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. I love your curiosity, your ability to connect details to broader ideas and concepts. It's like with each piece of music or each town report you're reading, you're doing a kind of world building in your mind. And I'm so grateful that you've shared all those worlds with us today, and especially the world of the lark. Thank you so much, Masa. Thank you very much. This is From the Top, and I'm Orly Shaham, pianist and host today on this program. And I honestly feel so fortunate to have been able to connect with these young musicians. They come from different racial and cultural backgrounds, and their voices and music tell the story of what it means to be young in America today. Diego Arias is our next guest, an 18-year-old from Brownsville, Texas. If you've never been to his hometown on the western Gulf Coast in South Texas... After meeting him, you'll feel absolutely compelled to visit and feel the warmth of not only the sun, but of the community that helped create the incredible young man before us today. Diego, I'm so glad to meet you. Welcome to From the Top. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're about to perform a piece by the early 20th century French composer and flutist, Philippe Gobert, his Nocturne and Allegro Scherzando. And I was told that you've loved this piece for a really long time. So what's the story there? Well, you see, there was a point in my life, um, I think a lot of people can attest to this, um, where I wasn't so okay, for lack of better terms. And um, I always say that this piece was a brother, a friend, a mother, a father, everything in between, Mm -hmm. because it had just helped me through long nights. And it just helped me so much that it became such an important part of not only my musical life, but personal life. So I'm so (laughs) excited. I I really couldn't find a better piece to play today. Oh, I'm so looking forward to hearing your interpretation of it. Whenever you're ready, please take it from the top.
That was 18-year-old Diego Arias from Brownsville, Texas, playing Gobert's Nocturne and Allegro Scherzando. His collaborator on the piano is Dr. Alex Maynegre. Thank you for that delicious performance, Diego. I mean, you play this music with such fluency, such ease, and it's clear how much you love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Now, French music always has an aspect of romance to it, isn't it true that your interest in the flute comes by a little romance <laughs> like this? <laughs> Absolutely. I love to tell this story. I think it's just so funny because I have always been a person that has let my emotions get the better of me. I've always worn my heart on my sleeve. So <laughs> uh, in sixth grade, we were having band tryouts and whatnot. And the long story short is that there was this girl that I actually still remember by name. Uh, she was, she had picked out two instruments, flute and trumpet. And I thought, wow, she's so beautiful. I'm going to pick those same instruments out. So that's what I did. I actually ended up doing better on my trumpet audition simply because of the fact of the way my lips are shaped. It's not exactly suitable for flute, more suitable for a brass instrument. But she ended up picking flute. And I said, well, that's it for me. That's my story. I'm playing the flute. And that is exactly what I did. <laughs> so in retrospect, do you feel that now you love the flute much more because of, of how it started? You connect it with this first love? Absolutely. And it was more like, I would say, puppy love, which <laughs> makes it all the more funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, music is all about emotions. And I get emotional actually thinking about your study and your time so far because here's the thing that totally blows me away you've come all this way without ever having had a private teacher until just now that's unbelievable Diego yes um well the thing is in Brownsville and in much of South Texas actually um I'm not gonna say that there aren't opportunities like that such as private teachers but they seldom exist uh, especially in Brownsville uh so I never really got the chance to work officially with what many would say is a private teacher or instructor. I did get very lucky, though. Um, at my high school, Leilani Ramirez, the assistant band director and woodwind specialist, she served as primarily as my 
teacher and everything in between. She was amazing and she helped me so much and I learned so much from her. That is terrific. And I'm going to take this moment to do a shout out not only to your incredible band director, but to all of America's band directors who are doing just incredible work getting young musicians excited about music and uh, making sure that they feel music can be a part of their lives. Uh, and I know that you're now beginning your first year away from Brownsville and studying at the University of Texas in Austin. Congrats on that. Thank you so much. It's an amazing school, big school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was interested to learn that uh, unlike a lot of uh, first year college students, you're not dying to get away from your hometown. Actually, you kind of love it, right? I do. A lot of people, actually, this is a secret between you and me and I guess the rest of the world now, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say, you know, Brownsville isn't great or whatever, but I think there is a very peculiar charm that Brownsville has. And there's just, if, if you ever go, and I recommend you do, I recommend anybody and everybody does, you'll mm. find that it is a culture that is engraved in love and in the many, many things that we do as a city. I know, um, like, for example, if you ever go in February, there's a holiday called Charro Days. And basically what that is, is a celebration between the sistership of the cities of Brownsville and Matamoros, Tamaulipas, which is in just across on the border of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you ever, if one were ever to go throughout that time, they would see just how close we are with our culture and what we do. It, it's amazing. And I just, I love Brownsville with all my heart and nothing can ever replace the love that I have for that hometown. It's just, it's me, it's my family. I have, I would say, and it, I, it almost gets me emotional talking about it, an amazing family that has been so supportive of everything that I do with music, with who I am as a person, with the many, many things that I have wanted in life. They are just so phenomenal. And that's something you'll find in Brownsville. A lot of support within families, a lot of mm -hmm. great people. And let me tell you, a lot of great food. Goodness me, <laughs> if you go, go eat something somewhere, you will, your mind will be blown. It is absolutely amazing. The food is great. That is so lovely. First of all, I can't wait to eat there. <laughs> but, you know, if, if they were able to make such a wonderful citizen as you, I know that it's a truly special place. So thank you so much for being part of our show today. No, thank you. I Never in a million years would I have thought that I would have this opportunity. So I thank everybody involved, and I certainly thank you, ma'am. Diego Arias, 18, from Brownsville, Texas. Diego is a recipient of the Jack Kent Cook Young Artist Award. For over 15 years, From the Top has partnered with the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, and together we've given out over $3 million of scholarships to young musicians with financial need. Funding is still available, so if you want to apply, please go to fromthetop.org and click Apply. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. From the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities, Learn more at MassCulturalCouncil.org.
and from the Joyce Foundation, committed to advancing racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Learn more at JoyceFDN.org. Welcome back to From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. This next musician, the talented 17-year-old Ella Saputra, comes to us from Schaumburg, Illinois, but her music takes us back to a different time in history, a dark time in Germany. The composer Lehrer Auerbach composed this piece 30 years ago, dedicating it to violinist Vadim Glusmann in reaction to the Holocaust. It is beautiful and haunting, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Ella describe what we're about to hear. Today, I will be performing Tefillah by Lara Arbach. Tefillah means prayer in Hebrew, so this piece has a very distinctively Jewish melody and sonorities, and what I really enjoy is the different contrast between the emotions uh, the composer brings us through. There's uh, one section that's bit slower, almost like a cantor singing in a synagogue, and then it transitions to a faster, more folk-like theme, and these themes alternate back and forth, and it brings you through a wide range of emotions like sorrow, grief, frustration, and even questioning.
That was 17-year-old Ella Saputra playing Lara Auerbach's Tfilah. Not only was the music so beautiful, Ella, but you played it so deeply heartfelt. I, I actually had goosebumps at the end of that. I really felt like you were pleading for something from me. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. I was told that you've played this piece in a number of different places maybe in some unusual locations as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Of course. So over the summer, I had the pleasure of attending Chamber Music Northwest Young Artist Institute. And so for one of our pop-up concerts, a more informal concert, I got to go play at a farmer's market, which was connected to a local hospital in Portland, Oregon. Is there something in particular about that location, that venue that moved you? After I finished playing Tefila, 
um, one of the medical professionals still in scrubs came up to me and he said, wow, that Arbok was really metal, which is something that I wouldn't describe the piece as myself, <laughs> but I was really touched by the fact that he really enjoyed it. What do you think he meant by that was really metal? I think this piece just goes through a crazy range of emotions, and they're all emotions that we can all kind of understand. And it's, it's something that um, I feel like channels a lot of shared emotions we have. Mm -hmm. I, so I know you like that idea of connection that music creates between people, even at a farmer's market, and the way it kind of fosters exchange and community. And that's something you value in another area of your life, too, your work on the school newspaper. What's your role over there? Yes, so I am the editor-in-chief of my school newspaper, wow. The Conan Crier. This is now my third year as editor-in-chief. And so what I do is I help um, lead all the meetings, organize all the um, meetings, and also I edit and help do all the web um, stuff that goes behind the scenes. And so I kind of just make sure we're publishing uh, content on a regular basis and content that will reach our community and audience. Fantastic. So you're really running the show over there. You tell us that music helps you to be courageous. In what way? How does music do that for you? I think like for many people, music gives me a voice mm -hmm. and I feel like being able to express my emotions through my music has also helped me to become a more extroverted person myself. Well, we certainly loved the extroverted and introverted nature of your playing. You brought us right into that prayer. Thank you so much for that gorgeous performance. Thank you so much for having me. Ella Saputra, 17, from Schaumburg, Illinois. I first fell in love with the sound of the harp as a three-year-old, and I fell in love with it all over again, listening to our next young artist. Taking us on an uplifting journey is the multi-talented musician and artist, 17-year-old Isabella Tu from Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was 17-year-old Isabella Tu from Las Vegas, Nevada, performing Naderman's second sonatina. Isabella and I had a chance to talk about her life as a neurodiverse person and all the things that she is passionate about. Izzy, that was gorgeous. I love the way you play that harp. It has such sweep and such freedom. It's just glorious. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, we heard you play this incredibly beautiful art for our ears, but I know that mainly you consider yourself a visual learner. What does that mean for you, and how did you figure that out? For me, I kind of see myself as a more hands-on, more, mm, like, touch, uh, like, seeing, like, more of a learner in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Initially, I feel like this has played a contribution to my um, Asperger's, and um, also known as um, the autism spectrum disorder, I was recently diagnosed with that. Um, It used to, again, it used to be called Asperger's, but now um, it's now known as ASD level one. Learning that I was diagnosed with ASD one helped me a lot in uh, more understanding myself in some ways. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not really good at following verbal cues a lot, but when it comes to sound and music, I tend to understand them. It's more like um, show, don't tell. It's like that motto thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know one of the things you've done with that visual talent of yours is you've had some success posting visual work online. Where and what have you been posting? Oh, yes. Yeah. So on... A lot of my social medias, I've been posting a lot of my own artwork. I think back in 2017, that's when I started really getting getting into art. I got um, very inspired by a lot of other um, YouTube content creators online, mm-hmm. especially um, a lot of the storytime animators. And that's where usually I started off. And then I slowly kind of developed my own style into that. And to this day, I've been painting, been drawing, been animating, and I'm planning to um, open up my commissions someday. Wow, that sounds amazing. And, and how many followers do you have? Um, I think so far I have about 20,000 followers on YouTube. Whoa! <laughs> okay, that's very impressive. <laughs> and I, I know you're, you're a senior now. And you've said that you want to probably study medicine or maybe combine that with studying visual art or design, so probably not music. So tell me, if you aren't going to pursue music, why have you worked so hard at the harp up to this point? I feel like like music, I've already grown up to, with music for such a long time. I feel like it's already at this point like a part of me. I've always mm. wanted to, whenever I'm at college, still continue um playing like whatever i love to play um always maybe playing small gigs for um, other people in general just um spreading more music and awareness to everyone um there's another thing that i think a while back um there's a special uh center back at las vegas called the cleveland clinic lou ruvo center for brain health and it basically is a research center where they study uh people who have alzheimer's like any brain conditions and a while back Mm -hmm. i was able i had the opportunity to attend a zoom meeting that features a music therapy uh I think session where basically mm-hmm. I've heard that when you play music or repeat some things, um, the patients are able to memorize a lot better. So I thought I could probably integrate music with um, um, medicine in some way that I could probably go into more research for that. 
That is so terrific, Izzy. Thank you so much for sharing your artistry with us today. Yeah, of course. Izzy 2, 17, from Las Vegas, Nevada. I want to thank all the performers for their time, energy, and talent, and for sharing some of their terrific music and giving me a little insight into their lives. It's been such an honor. And thank you to Tim Banker for being an inspiration, a role model, and a leader for so many musicians over the years, including myself. Thank you, Tim. From the Top is produced by Tim Banker, Megan Swan, and Jessica Tickton. Sound design and music editing by John Escobar, with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. A special thank you to John Weston at Futura Productions in Boston, Massachusetts. Transient Sound in Chicago, Illinois, The Hideout in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Estuary Sound in Austin, Texas. And a special engineer to me, David Robertson at Studio Amario in our apartment. From the Top is an independent, nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. And from the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation, which aims to support the well-being of people and the planet for a more creative, equitable, and sustainable future. And from the ECMC Foundation at ecmcfoundation.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.